like we're both getting volume. I'm, I'm soft spoken generally, so yeah, extra. Is well, not hello bad for and me. welcome to the Super Colorful Original Telecommunicated <laughs> Transmission, otherwise known as Scottcast. I'm very sorry, fan favorite Ian Dixon, who was present today with us. Oh, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but because of the new live nature of the podcast, when we got that music going, I got to say it at a certain time. You didn't warn me about the music. Well, did you not hear it? I mean, I heard it, but I didn't know we were doing it. Oh, well, here we are. We're in the pod. We're in pod space. Here we are. Are you inadequately in pod space? Are you still like straddling like real life conversation and talking on a podcast? Kind of. Is it we? I mean, we had some kind of deep conversation for the last hour or so. We have, and, and I've we're decided to babble on for another hour or two. Yeah, like we're just now starting. We, you got here, and I had to eat some eggs first. <laughs> 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 I had to eat some dinner. Yeah. So I had some food, and we just chatted a bit, and we got to talking about a lot of the heady issues that we would typically reserve for Scott Cast. But in my opinion, it's I don't understand people who are like, oh, oh, reserve your conversational energy for the podcast. Yeah. Because, okay, now we're just going to be awkwardly silent for the next 20 minutes. <laughs> Not trying to say anything interesting. Right. Now press record. Makes zero sense. Yeah. You got to get into the flow. You've pointed that out before. Yeah. You know, you got to get into the flow of podcasting before things really hit a thing and I feel like we're kind of there yeah I think sometimes we get kind of a, a slow roll before we really hit the the stride and now we're we're ready to go we're I primed feel, I feel primed yeah yeah I feel primed and ready to go and I don't actually have anything listed out I've got ideas and I've done mm -hmm. thinking about this podcast but no, I don't no have anything listed notes. No bullet points. Yeah. Nothing like that. This is a fresh pod. I've got myself my uh, trusty soundboard. I've mm -hmm. got my trusty fan favorite, Ian Dixon. And I have an extremely important announcement to make for Scott Castigators. Huge announcement. This is probably the biggest news Scott Cast has ever had. Are you? Do you agree? I think so. Besides Chris Ladondo showing up? Yeah, to this point, <laughs> this is like, uh, this is pretty heavy. Top woot woot. Top woot woot. Oh, here he comes. Scottcast. The podcast you love and love, you know and love, is having a live show. Oh, shit. August 24th. At 2 p.m. at the Ghost Light itself, Hamtramck, sunny Hamtramck, Michigan, we are going to be entertaining the masses. Fuck yes. 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 What kind of event is that, that they're so gracious to, to host our pod? Oh, it is an event that we are somehow uniquely suited for. <laughs> <laughs> I never expected that out of ScottCast with the haphazard way we choose themes, topics, yeah. and... Uh, general esoteric interests mm. but trauma fest detroit trauma dance they call it yes trauma dance detroit august 24th at the ghost light all day all night they've got movies bands and most importantly podcasts particularly from the hour of 2 to 3 p.m at the ghost light on display yeah. All kind of like themed after trauma, all kind of uh, right up there in that kind of artistic spectrum. So if you've ever watched, uh, say, what the Toxic Avenger, mm -hmm. you know, anything by good old Lloyd Kaufman, what are what are all some other classics we've talked about? Oh, I don't know what we've talked about, but uh, anybody who's into the. Uh Redneck zombies or redneck uh, zombies. B movies. Romeo really. and Juliet. Romeo and Juliet. <laughs> You've got yourself a bumper sticker on your vehicle. We do. Which we didn't even use to pimp our inclusion to the show. No. Yet. 
we're <laughs> well, we're in the show now. We're we're currently in negotiations yeah. uh, about what we can do in the show, which is where this is. We gonna have come some play. very high aspirations for our stage show. Yes, we want to find out what we can't do, and we're going to back off very slowly until we can find <laughs> out what we can. <laughs> That's some game theory for you. That's Hell entertainment yeah. game theory. <laughs> Say the craziest thing you can think of. It's easy. And back away until you get the best show possible. Yes. Then work your ass towards that. Very simple. Very easy. But what we are going to do is beyond just entertain folks, I feel. Because we've talked about a lot of heady subjects on ScottCast. We've talked about everything from how progress has affected humanity to how we might survive the detriment progress has made to humanity. I've titled this show tentatively, Mm -hmm. you know, pending artistic approval. Uh, How to survive the sun apocalypse and other doomsday amusements. Yeah. Presented by Scottcast. Executive produced by the great, great, great granddaughter of none other than P.T. Barnum himself. Ooh, damn. Barnum and Bailey Circus, the greatest show on earth. Mm -hmm. That's right. We've got his own literal flesh and blood helping us out, producing the podcast, making sure that we put on an amusement that will delight all who come see it and will be remembered for the rest of their life. We don't have any elephants or wild animals. Mm. But we might have some CRISPR-engineered dinosaur creature. Hell yeah. I've got the kit. I've got the equipment. I've got the raw materials. And we're going to at least create an embryo to show at this event. That's a live Cretaceous dinosaur. You know, if you go by evangelical rules. Yeah. If it's (laughs) live enough. (laughs) You know, that's dinosaur for you. So... We're going to bring that to you. We're going to bring back uh, entertainments beyond anything you've ever experienced. And that's August 24th for free at the Ghost Light, 2 p.m. in Hamtramck. Can't find a better deal than that. I wouldn't think you could. Not under heaven or hell. (laughs) But on earth, you will see the greatest show on earth. Right? Right? Just logically. That's where it would be, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Just due to the semantics of all that, I feel like that's the case. So, So, super big news. Super big news. Super big news. But we can't take the whole podcast talking about that. We've got, we're still planning it. We're still building it. We've still got people. We're still shaking hands. We're still, we're still talking to the big heads of media in the world. You know, we're still trying to make deals happen. So we can't tell you exactly what's going on. So we got to really switch topics. And therefore, we've got email bag. Hell yes. Are you excited for email bag, Ian? I'm always excited for email bag. What if I told you the email bag this time was from David? I'm less excited. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. <laughs> well, it's from David. <laughs> okay. David wants us to appear on his new podcast, One Life to Lift. Okay. He wants us to come down to Clarkston or up. I'm down for that. I, I kind of bailed last time because uh, we had some cat issues. Yeah. At the, the homestead there. Mm-hmm. You had to take cat to emergency yeah. services. He was acting erratically. And, right. We got to make sure we can secure our Jonesy Clonesy futures. Right. So. You know, lock that down. Yeah. Which was understandable. Which was fine because the first podcast we ended up doing was just me and David drunk rambling at each other about fitness. Okay, cool. So you know how much I know about that. <laughs> <laughs> so you can kind of get an idea what that's for. But uh, one of the ideas we kind of had on the podcast was we shouldn't have... Uh, Scott cast Hamtramck Avengers, particularly mm-hmm. themed. Okay. Workout routine. I like that. Yeah, we're going to get the muscle shirt from the Scott cast store. I'm going to get one for everybody. We're all going to wear the Hamtramck Avengers muscle shirt. 
and we're going to do a little workout with uh, Sneaky D. He's going to teach us both like some customized routines based on our body type, which mm-hmm. is very weak and uh, mawkish. <laughs> yeah, very spindly. <laughs> very spindly and fragile, <laughs> easy to bruise. <laughs> He's going to create workout routines for us that is going to turn us into badass. Hell yeah. Spearing into dumpsters. Going to build that core strength so we can tackle better. That's correct. Fuck yeah. We're going to kick some ass. We're going to return tip jars to their rightful barista. <laughs> and all thanks to Sneaky D and, it, and his new podcast at onelifetolift.com. That's the number one and the number two lifetolift.com. I talked with them a bunch about changing the name to anything that didn't have some weird declaration of how to spell it. Mm-hmm. If you're working on the internet... You want it to just be said and typed in one fell swoop. Yeah. But he loves the punnery way too much. That's his weakness. His weakness is punnery. <laughs> his kryptonite. Yes. He's great physically. <laughs> but introduce a challenge where a pun might serve a bottleneck. Yeah. And he will be stuck on that step forever. Just nailing down the pun mm-hmm. when there's much else to do. Yeah. So that's David and and his email bag. Thank you so much for emailing in. Uh, if you want to email into ScottCast, go to thescottcast.com forward slash email bag. There we also have the number for our voicemail bag, which we have uh, upsettingly zero messages in. Oh. <laughs> you know, it's something you shouldn't say on episode. You should be like, we have so many messages, but fuck you. We're not going to say any of them. Right. You should say that so you could be like, oh, we're so popular. We can't handle this. We're real, raw, and esoteric, so we don't. That's right. We don't shy away from looking like nobody listens to us. Yeah. We dive right into it. (laughs) And that's the value you get as a listener is that you're listening to this entertaining podcast that is enthralling you, enriching your life, and making you believe things that you didn't think you could believe. You know, we're changing your worldview one step at a time for the better so that you may live past the sun apocalypse and all for free you know and nobody else is going through this so you're going to have a natural survival advantage and according to darwinian economics and during these situations it's the small groups that survive so it's us yeah. You know, it's Scottcast City that's going to last through the decades. It's going to last through the centuries, broadcasting into eternity, into space, until we can make a spaceship or a transdimensional uh, portal that transports us away from our exploding sun. Scottcastigators for life. The sun will destroy us all unless you listen to Scottcast. <laughs> <laughs> well, at some point, it will, it will destroy us all. Yeah, but I'm saying, like, <laughs> If Scottcast goes well, century upon century. Yeah. We might And we continue. Maybe. I don't know. The sun should be the main antagonist of civilization is what I'm saying. That's like the sun is the biggest threat to humanity. It's the biggest threat to life, not only on earth, but in the entire solar system. It's the biggest threat to anything is our dependence on this one explosion in the sky. How can you depend on that? And, and feel safe. You can't. True facts. Right? It's like we worry about our 401ks. We worry about, you know, the vet bill for our kitties. Mm-hmm. You know, we worry about paying rent on time. We worry about these kind of things. But we are literally surviving day in and day out for our entire existence based on some crazy nuclear explosion in the sky. True. That just so happens to keep going. And we've seen how it ends. And Hiroshima looks good yeah. compared to how the sun ends. Well, I mean, it's, it's going to end like a billion years from now. but Which is our hope is that we can create some sort of space dimensional right. travel by a billion years from now. We definitely got to figure that out. We should start now. Yeah. You know, we're dawdling. Yep. Like, are we seriously still working on recycling? Well, we're still killing each other over like a spot in line a spot in line at the dmv or some shit 
do people do that? Have you read some like stories recently about that kind <laughs> I mean, of shit? I've seen some stories about people killing each other for stupid reasons. I don't know that that was a particular one. You know, I wouldn't be surprised. But I've been, yeah, I'm sure that happens. For yeah. ScottCast, I try to stay on top of current events so right. that I can comment on things. Yeah. And, you know, have a timely opinion on some things. But a lot of it is literally just as senseless as that. I mean, I saw an article today. I don't even know if I want to talk about it because it was like literally senseless. Senseless violence. Yeah. Like a Grammy award winning jazz drummer was murdered by his girlfriend and his friend for reasons that are unclear. Probably some just social bullshit. Like probably, yeah, like. At worst, normal, someone cheated on somebody. Normal relationship, kind of whatever yeah. drama, but it was like horrific. Like he was choked for like thirty minutes, oh. and like the one person was choking him, and the other person was sitting on his chest and punching him in the face. Wow! And it's just wow. like just like brutal. how long? Yeah, how long did that take? That was so visceral, and we don't even know what the fuck that was about. It was maybe something kind of serious in a relationship sense, but not so serious in like a, you have to die sense, right? Die brutally, like to the point where you're not even respecting your own personal freedom. Right. Like if you're doing that kind of like violence upon somebody, like everyone watches CSI, you know, all that you can't commit like murder imagine, against somebody for 30 like minutes. Imagine, yeah. Imagine that just that length of time and like seeing someone suffer like that. Right, and not just backing off. Right. Not not like being like, you've learned a lesson, but like just keep going for 30 minutes. Yeah. For, and this, this took place in the Bronx, but apparently the the uh, musician was from Michigan. I don't know specifically where, but. Yeah. Bummer. A huge bummer that like that's, that's the kind of world we live in that, that people will take that kind of action. Less of a bummer that at least I feel like everybody I know would react the same way. You know, I don't feel mm-hmm. troubled voicing my opinion on this matter. Like <laughs> someone's going to be like, well, I had a real boyfriend. <laughs> Violence real, is bad. I had a real bitch of a boyfriend this one time <laughs> and I killed him for 34 minutes, actually. <laughs> I timed it. It was fun. I don't think we got anything coming like that. Maybe if maybe in the email bag, you know, someone might send hey. something in being like, "Look, murder's great." <laughs> yeah, you know. Send us your murder stories. If you got a murder story? Send us that with uh, your address. We may forward them to the FBI, but uh, go ahead and send those in. I mean, it's for broadcast, right? <laughs> like, I would love to be able to send the FBI things. You know, just for having some FBI listeners. Yeah, I'm sure the FBI listens in a few different ways, but I would like them to be subscribed just for their own sake. That's, that's good headlines. Yeah. FBI subscribes to Scottcast to get hot leads. Heck yeah. Why not? You know, I think, I think the Scottcast audience appreciates hot leads. Yeah. I appreciate hot leads. Hell yeah. (laughs) I saw Jack White today, uh, yesterday. Oh, yeah. You went to the yeah, baseball game there? I did. Hell yeah. Yeah. So, like, we've previously had opinions on Jack White and stuff. We largely praise his uh, view towards Detroit and um, philanthropy towards yeah. Detroit. Yes. We question whether his he should be lauded as much. Yeah. Uh, but, <laughs> you know, my personal opinion is it's all chaos in the capitalistic society anyways. Yeah. If you're doing and good things for the yeah. the community, I appreciate that. Yeah. So so, so Jack White came by. He uh, kickstarted a fundraiser mm-hmm. with ten grand of his own money. Ended up raising about 160 grand for the baseball stadium over here. And okay. I, I I didn't really think much of it until I read in the Metro Times how he came to think about this place mm-hmm. and why he wanted to save this particular place. He said that when he was just growing up and like working at the upholstery shop that he worked at famously or whatever, uh, he would eat lunch just by himself there. 
in that in that area on the stands, whatever, mm-hmm. and just have lunch by himself there. Which is what I do in that same exact damn park. Yeah. Yeah. I'll have lunch there. I'll eat there. I'll just hang out. Like uh just enjoy that just just being at the just being in some park. It's the closest it's like the other park right next to me is always a bunch of kids running around. Right. That that park is generally kinda emptied out. Do you make your own lunch or you could like Get okay, the Yemen Cafe. Yemen Cafe. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. hell yes. Oh yeah. <laughs> you know, just get like a just get a wrap of uh, falafels. Fuck yeah. And just uh, just go over there. Big, like there's always open spots. It's never a busy place. Mm-hmm. It's always well kept. Just have a have a falafel sandwich and hang out. And that's why Jack White liked the place. He discovered it like that. He mm-hmm. would eat lunch there. He only later discovered that it was a historical stadium from like the 30s, yeah. 20s, back when they Near had leaks. The, that's right. I wasn't going to say it. <laughs> Just feel bad well, about it's, it. It's historically <laughs> important. It's, it's historically important. I'll let everybody else say it. <laughs> you know, but uh, that's exactly what it was. And um, it's important to preserve it. And yeah, it's. It doesn't look like it takes as much funding as it gathered mm. to keep how it is. Like, kind of, the stands definitely need some uh, de-rusting or whatever yeah. and make sure there's nothing jagged going on. But right. Besides that, it's a fine it's a fine field. That's yeah. all it really is, is a field. Yeah. And some concession stands. It doesn't require the amount of funding that they, I feel like they raise, mm-hmm. besides property taxes, maybe. But- there it is, well, it's, and it's, this it's owned great by thing. the city, though, isn't it? It's owned by the city. Maybe the city pays some sort of tax to the state. I don't know how civics <laughs> work. I don't vote. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But like, yeah, like it. I understand there's ongoing costs. Yeah, and like it's it, it, like for something like that that doesn't get funding. Right. You need as much as you can just to mm-hmm. keep going for as long. When it's when the design is perpetuity. Yeah. Historical object. Right. Right. So, so Jack White did a good thing. Jack White did a good thing. I got to see him live. Hell yeah. That's the only time I've ever seen Jack White live was 12 feet away. <laughs> and he was just in his little baseball uniform, like uh, talking to some reporters. A bunch of, it was, it was a strange crowd yeah. because it was a lot of people for the event that it was being like a obscure park in Hamtramck. Right. But there was a large crowd generated by Jack White being there. Mix those together, mathematically, it's just a really s- small crowd that's really excited about one person. Mm-hmm. Like, I went there and he was giving this interview for some TV station. I think there was a camera and a couple microphones pointed at him. They're talking. Yeah. And that was fine. But it was the fact that behind all that, there was a group of about a little more than a dozen people in like 95 degree heat huddled like three feet to five feet away from the back of the cameraman. Yeah. Like watching just this guy, Jack White, basically just, you know, deliver a, deliver a press mention about, yeah, I'm here to do this. I'm going to say something funny. I'm going to. Right. And here I am and uh, let's play ball, you know. And because at the time I was sweating bullets, <laughs> and I could not imagine myself it's, like it's been a toasty week. That. Yeah, yeah, it's been very hot here, and it was really hot that day, and it was high noon. It was literally noon. Yeah, at that time when that was all happening, right? And there they were huddled together to watch Jack White deliver this thing, and it's like it makes you wonder like about the nature of fame and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Like, this is a low-key event for Jack White, probably. Yeah. He probably gets the same crowd going to the grocery store. Yeah, I mean, we we are a small town despite being surrounded by one of the premier metropolises. It's a large metropolitan area, but it's a huge metropolitan area. Right. But also, we are the densest part of it. True. And I think that's kind of like, None of the buildings in Hamtramck are above two stories tall, and it's the densest part of Detroit. Yeah. that's That should tell you a lot about what Detroit's like. <laughs> 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 yeah. 
You true, know? true, true, true. It's very dense, like by any measure, but if you like we'll compare it to New York City at their densest two square miles, mm-hmm. it's it's nothing. Yeah. It's absolutely nothing. This is urban sprawl in New in New York. <laughs> 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 so that was fun. It was good to see it was good to see all that happen. I will say this about Jack White. Um don't know much. I, I, I'm not going to weigh one way or another about his uh, business practices or mm-hmm. musical talent or whatever. But he is uh, exactly as white as his press pictures. He reminds me a lot of Edward Scissorhands. Very much so. <laughs> Very much a live Edward Scissorhands in yes. complexion and tone and hair. Yeah. All of that, like... I, you know, always seen him in like magazines and I mean, mm-hmm. like Pitchfork and shit like that, you know, and it, pasty was white as possible, right. jet black hair, yeah. greasy and all that kind of thing, that look. And I'm just like, this is just rock star look. They play it up for the magazine. They do the right lighting, mm-hmm. give him the powder on the face. No, this was him sweating bullets, just like any other human being at that fucking time. In a full baseball uniform, exactly as white <laughs> as any magazine cover I've ever seen him in. Yeah. There's got to be something medical happening. There's got to be like a skin treatment, like like cosmetic medical is mm-hmm. what I'm saying here. Like there's got to be something that like this guy's doing, like he knows his brand is I'm Jack White. My name is Jack White. (laughs) (laughs) I'm known as the white guy who's very, very, very white. Or do you remember the movie Powder? No. What's that movie? It was uh, like a 90s. I guess it was kind of a sci-fi movie. I don't really remember a lot about it, but it was like pasty white dude that I think had like superpowers. He was like, could conjure electricity or something. And his powers were misunderstood. And he was the, it was kind of like a Frankenstein kind of story. Okay. Where like he meant good, but accidentally harmed someone and it went bad. And the townsfolk rebelled and like lynched him. Okay. <laughs> I think people appreciate Jack White a little more. Yeah. Than uh, eventual lynching. Well, hopefully. Pretty sure. <laughs> <laughs> like, like we haven't said the most kind things about his music in the past. Yeah. You know, My which friend. I happen to, to have been a fan before. You know, like you always kind of, you hear stories from like, and I bet this happens with, almost anybody who kind of Mm. breaks a certain stratosphere. And like, I, again, I, I do respect some of his riffs. I just like generally as a musician, like I think, um, we bestow a lot of grandeur upon people who may not necessarily deserve like, Oh, he's a genius or a prodigy or whatever. Mm. I think his his shit's kind of basic, but like I, some of it's all right. I dig it. It's entirely it's got a groove it, to it. It's entirely can, his attitude that's yeah. doing everything, like his attitude to approaching everything, uh, to to approaching the music. He never approaches it with like that high flute and attitude. Yeah, never approaches it that way. He sets up his businesses and he and he does them hard, and he focuses on building that. So that's cool. I respect that. Right. And I feel like that's why people attribute the success he did. Because if he's like Seven Nation Army and then threw even Icky Thump and then Mm -hmm. stopped and didn't do any of the other side projects, any of the other uh, record labels or or any of that junk. Right. Like whether or not you've ever participated in any of that shit, you wouldn't think about him. Right. You, you would just be like, oh, yeah, and then that guy who did Seven Nation Army was in Detroit. What's he doing? That's what you would do. Yeah. It's entirely what he did besides the music that made him who he was. Right. And still is, I suppose. Enough to give money to Hamtramck. And 
Thank God for that. Which thank, is thank you, Jack White. Entirely why you get positive reviews. <laughs> <laughs> Super props for that. Huge props. Big old fat props. Rip the ham tram. That's right. We will always accept that. So while we're on the subject of of music and questionable allegiances. Of questionable allegiances, particularly. <laughs> Elon Musk news. Neuralink Whoa. officially posts tweets. Oh. Yes. Neuralink is starting to become a thing, and they've made some official announcements. We've talked about them briefly before on ScottCast. Neuralink is a system proposed by Elon Musk to interface the human mind with AI technology. And the idea seems solid. It's the only way we can defeat AI technology by merging with it and being a part of its experience. However, there are many concerns, particularly upon among upon, particularly <laughs> among Scott Castigators. Yes. Who believe this is only aiding the upcoming technological apocalypse, which we can't have happen in order to survive the sun apocalypse. There's a lot of apocalyptic opportunities for us. The sun apocalypse is something that's going to happen. That is inevitable. And we can't Inevitably going to happen, yes. Yes. So, as people who believe in the sun apocalypse, mm -hmm. our mission is to stop all the other apocalypses from happening <laughs> so that we can focus on surviving <laughs> the one. Because one set of... Things like if you want to survive the tech apocalypse, yeah, go to the woods, learn to eat berries, right? You know, pee in a river, mm -hmm. and there you go. You, you survive the AI apocalypse. You've learned to do that. That's all it takes. Not a big deal. Got to do some some throw up in there. That's Get right. The Walden out in the the cabin in the lake. Yes, yes. Yeah, it would probably be good for all of us to do that anyway. Yeah, you know. So let's defeat this tech apocalypse. Mm -hmm. I'll have a Walden Pond moment. Congregate back in Hamtramck, dig a hole, and get this done. <laughs> you know? Because I don't think we are good with AI at all. I, I, I we, Yeah, agreed. The people who are commanding it and steering it are so all... So you're, you're anti-Musk on this front? I'm anti-Musk on this front only because I'm anti-AI and the people who command AI like he's he's proposing a solution to mm. this AI that I believe is not a solution it's just a tool that will be used against us yeah you know I we need to get less reliant on technology even though that's a hurdle that seems impossible right. I do feel like socially we can get there like you know people went from 50s clean cut to 60s free love real quick yeah we can get from 2010 era addicted attack to 2020 era. Uh, let's go outside and take a piss in a bush. <laughs> Real easy. Yeah, that's a down. That's a down. That's a downtrend. That's easy to do. I feel like we can do that. Avoid mm -hmm. the AI apocalypse and start digging a hole focused on sustainability. I think if we focus our efforts towards this, we will survive into the future enough to become cosmic beings. So you're really trying to pull us into Scott Cassidy. Scott Cassidy. It's the only way I know to get us subscribers. Yeah. Yeah. So this kind of brought to mind um, a thing I had texted you drunkenly about the other day. Oh, yes. With, um, like... We have these these qualms with these systems that are in place, um, and the the problem with addressing them is that we exist within these systems, and we want to change those systems. So, is it from within that we dismantle them, or is it from outside that we attack them? Right. Right. I've always believed the best way out of a system is to make a better system. Yeah. So whatever that falls under is kind of where I'm at. But I don't think that's what you were inspired by this week. Well, I was inspired by 
uh, drinking a lot of alcohol and listening to Rage Against the Machine. As one does. <laughs> <laughs> I've been on a, a kick. Um, for some reason, the summer brings out the the punk bitch kid in me. And Is that was, how you refer to yourself when you listen to your punk music? You're punk, <laughs> the punk bitch kid? I mean, I, I had a... I created a Spotify list. Can we call this episode the punk bitch kid? Sure. Okay. Created a Spotify list called uh, Fuck the System. Okay. And so some of it's like the old school punk rock, like Bad Religion and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And uh, some of it's like Rage Against the Machine. Like anything that's anti-establishment, it was like, that's the mood I'm in when it's like getting nice outside and I just want to... <laughs> just want to... Tear down society. Well, enjoy the weather and tear down society. <laughs> I like during winter, you're just like, society, ah, oh, you're fine. You're fine. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Winter is like black metal territory. It's just like, I want to okay. recede into a hole and die. Great. <laughs> Great. This is not exactly what Summer, Sun Tzu would like recommend people. Summer, I emerge from my hole and I, I murder the rest of you. I guess. Yeah. It's you, all about death, though, all you, the time. You spend winter developing hate. <laughs> <laughs> right. I like that. That's, I mean, you know, at least you're seasonal. You have a plan, <laughs> yeah. you, you have a routine. It's consistent. That's what, they, that's what they say. What's important for success is consistency, having that routine. Yeah. 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 So you got that. You got a seasonal routine. I barely have a daily routine. So I was listening to a lot of Rage Against the Machine. Okay. And uh, growing up, I was a fan, but I was like, I was starting to question things as the alcohol, alcohol, alcohol. took its hold. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, wait a second. Hmm. This was on the Godzilla soundtrack. Wait a minute. How the hell did you, <laughs> like you were just like listening to generic, like, like a Rage Against the Machine playlist. This song came on and you're like, I remember this song. It was in Godzilla 2000. No, I'm like, it's a Spotify playlist. Okay. And it tells me what album it was on and all that. And oh, like, it had like the little uh, music notes on it. Yeah. And okay. I was like, fuck you. I won't do what you tell me. And I was like, yeah. And then it was like, oh, this was on Godzilla soundtrack. And I was like, wait a second. That movie sucked ass. <laughs> like if it was like a movie that didn't suck ass, <laughs> would you be as judgmental to Rage Against the Machine? I don't know. I mean, well, and so like my train of thought is like, why would they, why would they agree to this? Like, did they get to see the movie or did they just sort of agree to it beforehand? And like, how is, how did this work? This was a lot of negotiations and... Um, contracts kind of law and that seems like sure like they definitely had to make a cognizant decision about it seems very uh, inside the machine very inside the machine yeah keeping things to yourself as opposed to raging against the machine from the outside I don't know I mean if they had like that standard ass contract maybe it is kind of like a but even with the the contract like uh, if your message is like fuck this machine we're gonna bust this down this is bad for for our people right mm-hmm. um then your your distribution is a part of the machine yeah so right? what, they're what, on they're what, on a major label they're they're contributing to these big movie productions and like at what point does uh the message and the well, I want the distribution yeah. of the message kind of collide. Right? Yeah, I mean, like I feel like we could draw that line with Rage Against the Machine way earlier than Godzilla. Yeah, right, because they're a very successful band. They obviously use capitalistic means, mm-hmm. going on tour, selling merchandise. Right. You know, existing within the machine. Yeah, to get to the point where they got to the were able to sell a song to Godzilla. Right. You know, and they always had that message and that message was always kind of look into it, kind of mm-hmm. conspiracy theory almost level, like look into it, you know. Mm-hmm. And 
you know, people, that's, that's how every single conspiracy theory lives and thrives is on platforms that require that kind of commercialization, that kind of commercial reach. Well, that's the Even thing YouTube is like, is like that today. Yeah. You need, if, if this message is going to make a difference, it needs to reach a certain audience, right? And to get to that audience, you have to kind of go through these these avenues that maybe your message is counter to. Mm-hmm. Um, Hollywood. But so, yeah, how do you balance that? If, you're, if your yeah. message is fuck the system, but you need the system to spread your message, um, at what point does that become unethical? I mean, it could be like in like Independence Day mm-hmm. when Jeff Goldblum <laughs> goes up to the mothership and uses their own code against them. Oh, fuck yeah. You know, like. Good morning. <laughs> but uh but it could be something along those lines where it's like yeah we're using the system the system finds us uh monetizable mm-hmm. they're greedy enough to just purchase our song without analyzing the lyrics we know people who watch godzilla are going to be 13 to 15 year old youths <laughs> impressionable by the soundtrack they're going right. to listen to rage against the machine this is the most bitching track on the soundtrack they're going to listen to our back catalog and all the back catalog has also has all those political messages yeah. that no one would buy but they're being discovered anyways because they have this huge platform of a radio we forgot concert. about the the p diddy track sampled uh cashmere oh really that's that is some difficult competition that's a step right there <laughs> p diddy sample and some zeppelin yeah that's uh that's not as quite as valuable as i posited earlier <laughs> but not for reals though um like where do we yeah where do we draw that line like um I had a more constructive thought before I started talking. Sorry. Well, where do we draw the line <laughs> yeah. between uh, commercializing our message and spreading our message? Right. Like, at what point is it just just the same thing, becoming a cog in the machine that you rage against? Exactly. Well, and how would you apply that to Scottcast? At what point would we be contributing to this sun apocalypse rather than saving people from it? Well, see, I, I think our message is pretty like succinct, and and that we're we're offering a new society. Mm-hmm. Well, I we think, broadcast over I think the internet. Elon Musk is a little more uh, on the edge there, where he's he's identified the threat of AI and offered you the solution of AI inside your brain. Yeah, yeah. That's so like is that raging? Gang? Raging against the machine, or is that bending over for the machine? Yeah, <laughs> another episode. Time. Damn it, you're gonna have to pick one. <laughs> I think that's bending over for the machine. Personally, like, let's give you access to all my inner thoughts, and the things that they're deciding to launch it with are all things that you can't argue against, which is game theory. It's it's what's yeah. called slicing the salami. Mm-hmm. Slicing the salami means you can't go all the way with somebody like and expect to just be accepted. You know, you can't like take complete control of someone's brain and everybody's brain all at once. You can't do that. But they're slicing the salami. They're doing one slice at a time all the way through. Mm-hmm. And they're starting right now with uh, talking about oh, we're going to cure seizures and treat epilepsy and uh, analyze prob- like common brain ailments and stuff right. like that. Things that nobody could argue against. Yeah. You know, it's slicing the salami. That's Game theorists compare this technique, mm-hmm. this strategy, to, say, a child who wants to go swimming, mm-hmm. but their mother won't let them go swimming. So the child goes to the beach. Like, like they're at the beach. She can't go swimming for some reason. Whatever. Mother's rule. Child wants to go swimming. Goes up to the tide. Puts his feet in it. Well, that's fine. Yeah. Mother goes on. Doesn't say a word. So okay. It's like incremental. Yes. Incremental. Yeah. Shins. Knees. Hips. All right. over the space of like 20, 30 minutes. Eventually, 
They get swept out by the tide. Yeah. <laughs> Eventually Riptide comes in and that kid's a goner. <laughs> and that's what we're doing with AI. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we're letting it listen to all our thoughts. <laughs> we're letting it listen to everything we say. We're letting it uh, now connect to our brains and treat our common ailments. And we're going to let it listen to everything we think and say and try to analyze us. We're going to let it regulate our moods. Mm-hmm. We're going to let it touch how we feel. Like, can you imagine a corporation having control of how you feel? I don't want any part of that. Right? That's where we're working towards. The world link, that's what it does. If it's analyzing things that are medical, mm-hmm. like epilepsy, seizures, and stuff like that, you know it's controlling brain chemistry that can also control how you feel. Yeah. You know, that's that's straight up, that's that's computerized opioids. For the masses, and they're going to just trickle that in, and they're going to trick you into accepting all this, citing health benefits, citing increased cognition, mm-hmm. citing becoming a better class of individual than someone without it. It's the new nootropics. It is the newest nootropic, and it is dangerous. And you must subscribe to Scottcasts. And join us in Scottcast City to fight against this technological horde. We will use turkey dinosaurs. Because <laughs> we believe in genetic manipulation very much. That's right. We are pro-genetic manipulation, anti all this tech bullshit that people are just using to create power systems for themselves. Information is power. When everybody's clueless, things are pretty okay. Yeah. So I had, I had that thought about power. And about how we should design our systems in a way that uh, maybe we shouldn't. <clears throat> our election system seems to be broken, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because we we ask for uh, basically sociopaths to like. Like, hey, who who wants the most power? Come get it. Yeah, nobody in their right, right mind would run for American president thinking that's an enjoyable eight years yeah. of your life. I don't want to do that. Right? Can you imagine campaigning for a job where you get the job, you only get it for eight years, and for two of those eight years, you are campaigning to keep your job. Right. At the very least. You know? With uh, like notwithstanding impeachment allegations mm-hmm. and all sorts of things, you know, like it's the hardest job in the world. You have to fight for it even while you have it. Mm-hmm. You're in control of so many things that no human being should have control over. Right. You know, you're like your Scott from Scott cast in his underground civilization, <laughs> except you have more power and more convolution. At least when I'm in my underground society. Yeah. Things are pretty simple. As long as Ian Dixon takes care of everything, I don't have to think about anything. And that's the thing. Like, there's qualities of a good leader mm-hmm. that we can quantify and measure, right? Yeah. Charisma, uh, yeah. empathy. And so uh, the election process is kind of a mind fuck. And, like, we don't, we don't really need we're not good at picking leaders if we want someone who like represents like actually the the greater good we can measure those qualities and like select a pool and then from that pool who wants it the most give them like a sharp stick and the only one left living at the end gets to be president. Well, actually, the one who wants it the least is the best qualified. Okay, the first person to run for their lives <laughs> as soon as someone drops a sharp stick gets to be president. <laughs> the biggest coward and a murder free for all. Because those who seek power seem to be the ones who abuse it. Right. That, I mean, there's there's definitely some logic to that idea is that it requires so much effort, so much willpower. I mean, there's so much resources. Yeah. There's people who like seek those positions to make a change, but 
it seems like at least in in recent memory, a lot of the the people who really work for that and strive for that are like their motives are impure. I mean, just look at just I mean anybody, even not even recently. Yeah, like everybody who has ever became president or run for president are people who are already at the top of their careers if they would have retired at that mm-hmm. moment. And they uh, just aspired to have a cherry on top right? kind of thing. Is that necessarily the best kind of leader you want? I mean, I understand wanting the experience of somebody yeah. who's I mean, already succeeded. Important, but uh, if you think about the outcomes you want and what qualities you need to obtain those. We um, need somebody to be fair. Yeah. We need somebody to have... Uh, a wide array of interests mm-hmm. and somebody who wants who understands the inner workings of the entire country which eh, I mean already we're limiting the pool to like two people right and like <laughs> so I maybe there should be like yeah. a degree requir- requirements something something's got to be done like you you propose just getting rid of the electoral college or no it was that Bernie Sanders somebody proposed that I don't I don't like the electoral college but I didn't state that okay previously I, I think I think that just came out recently is that's one of Bernie Sanders plan forms these days is uh, yeah. banning the electoral college keeping it to popular vote mm-hmm. for the president that makes sense to me you know I don't know I mean it's 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 like it's it's a small fix I mean, that doesn't the, really change. Yeah, the, the whole idea of the electoral college was like that rural areas would be underrepresented. But how much impact do federal guidelines have on rural populations? I have no idea. Like, not a whole lot. Is that the case? I don't know. Because they, all that rural population, like, uh, all they are is international trade. So, yeah, sometimes we subsidize their crops, and that's like. But that's the entire thing. <laughs> so it's like, <laughs> so it is a lot. <laughs> well, I mean, they, like the problem is it's so monofocused. Yeah, is because it's like it's then, not a lot of people. Doesn't it's, have anything it's not to a lot do of industry. Like the, the grander culture of the nation. I mean. Maybe it does. Maybe it doesn't. I mean, by popular vote, it clearly doesn't. If yeah. you just if you if you if you divide the line that that cleanly, I don't think it. I think it definitely leans towards the liberal side. Mm-hmm. You know, I have no idea whether I don't think the electoral college is a perfect system. I don't think popular votes a good system. I don't think democracy is a very good system. Like I understand that. Like propose an alternative to democracy. <laughs> I, I mean, like let me rip democracy before I propose any alternatives. <laughs> but uh, democracy completely c- contends on a popularity experience for a very unpleasant job. Yeah, like it's a popularity contest that I don't even want to enter when mm. I'm in high school. True for like bullshit shit. Like let alone for the most difficult experience of your life. As much of an honor as it may be. Can I tell you, though, that high school me would, like, rock the shit out of the presidency? <laughs> okay. I was, high school Ian for president. Yeah. Okay, not, not right now. Not right now, Ian. No. I know too much now. Okay, but high school you would just be, like, going um, in there, like, balls blazing? I, I was in debate class. It was first hour, so I slept through most of it. You would just wake up and kick ass? But <laughs> I had a policy recommendation. I called it the rich bastard tax. Okay. The rich bastard tax. I feel like I know what the policy is. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty self-explanatory. But yeah, if you made more than a million dollars in a year in personal taxes, so this... There's exceptions for businesses because businesses have excessive costs because they employ so a number of people. So profit. So not, there was not not cost of goods sold is not yeah, a factor in this. Individual income. No okay. one needs more than a million dollars. Fuck you. Okay. If you need more than a million dollars to survive in a year, then you're an asshole and fuck you. Okay. That was my policy. Okay. 
So how do you? Okay, so that's that's the whole thing. Okay, I'm sure there's many nuances <laughs> in the actual execution and, that, yeah, for President. In, in terms of like business uh, expenses, I there was a a. Uh, don't tell me you limited how much business expense you can have. No, 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 no. no. You can spend a million dollars just to make a million. More. Yeah, I'm saying there was. Uh, I can't think of the word right now. Um, there was a deductions. It sounds like something. No, no, no. There was a there was a there was a formula to figure all that that out. Oh, what, you like had the whole much. formula ready as a teenager. I didn't figure that out, but there was you just assured everybody there's a formula. There was a plan for a formula. <laughs> We're planning to create a formula. <laughs> Because I was like, yeah, I was I was a sophomore in, college, in high school. So sure, sure. I I didn't have the uh, logistics to make that happen, but if you got the votes, you would have hired. I somebody. understood that um, businesses operate in a different realm, right? And then you need some capital to be able to create jobs and whatnot. Um, so I'm not limiting businesses to a particular profit margin. But, um, like CEOs, individual incomes, a million dollars. Million dollars. No one makes more than a million dollars because you don't need more than that. Fuck you. Okay. I'm okay. <laughs> need? Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't like precisely. Like, like I do fine on my own. Like at this point, and I'm nowhere close to a million. Yeah. You know. I. Probably won't earn that much in my lifetime. So that'd be great. I wish I could. Fuck you. We're gonna try. We're gonna. We got some new T-shirts available uh, at the Scottcast store, <laughs> and this is how we're gonna try to make our millions. Hell's yeah. Yeah, because we can make a million nine hundred and ninety-nine thousand nine hundred ninety-nine dollars from the Scottcast store. Split it between us, include cost of goods sold to deduct a little bit, and we would still fit just fine under the Ian Dixon Rich Bastard Tax. That's right. So that means we've got plenty of space for use of the coupon code PLEB in the ScottCast store, P-L-E-B-E, to get 10 bucks off any cart purchase. All right, you can get yourself as many t-shirts as you like. We've got some new shit. We've got the V-Blend that doesn't count for the coupon. And uh, yeah, give us money for merch so that you may promote us. Yes. Upon your body. I don't know about that part. Well, that's where you put a shirt, right? I guess so. Yeah, you put a shirt upon your body and you promote. True. Using your body. True, true. Use your body for me. (laughs) (laughs) This became very uncomfortable. Oh, okay. Well, sorry about the uncomfort. (laughs) Use your body for me and promote ScottCast so that we may create a better existence in the sun apocalypse to come. And we're back to the show. All right. I'm loving the live effects. <laughs> like, that, that that does me so much happiness. It feels good. It feels good. And, like, we're, we, we're really hitting the time perfectly this episode. Yeah. I think we figured it out. We got to talk for, like, an hour. Mm-hmm. Have some drinks. Yeah. Chat it out. Not about the show. Just, Just get a good chat. Let it happen, yeah. And then hit the mics, do a Scott cast. That's right. So what did we learn today, Ian? Oh, damn. What did we learn? Um, Jack White is unnaturally white. Yeah. So the point where I think he's doing it on purpose, if I had to say. He might be a vampire. He might Um. be something. Capitalism, hard to define when you're taking too much advantage of. And I think that's the power it has. Yeah. The power it has is that everybody survives and works and lives in capitalism. They criticize it, but you live into it. It's hard to destroy a system when you have to live within a system. Yeah. So. You'd have to hope for the sun apocalypse and for a city to be created underground where you can control the mechanisms of civilization. Right. You know, you have to hope that happens because otherwise it's too difficult. Right? Right? (laughs) So it seems like we've created the perfect solution. Right. (laughs) (laughs) 
David piped in at the last minute. <laughs> Thanks, David. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I mean, you were just hanging out, just like listening to us this entire time. Yeah. You know? <laughs> like, I didn't think that, you know, you could really pay attention that long. Let's just be real, okay? I guess. I mean, he did have like an entire master's education in exercise physiology. You got to be able to listen for a little bit. Yeah. 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 All right. So I guess uh, with the super colorful original uh, telecommunicated transmission, otherwise known as Skycast, I bid the adieu. See you later, Skycastigators. All right. Glory be to Scott Cast. All hail Scott Cast. Holy shit, thank you. <laughs> <laughs>